This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Hunter Biden, the son of America's president, will plead guilty to two counts of willful failure to pay federal income tax. Mr. Biden has agreed to probation, according to a court filing. He will also be charged but not prosecuted for having lied about his extensive use of illegal drugs on a background check form to buy a gun in 2018. Mr. Biden's lawyer released a statement calling the investigation, quote, resolved. Yet the saga will now hang over the re-election campaign of President Joe Biden, who has fiercely backed his scandal-ridden son. The Paris 2024 Olympic Committee said that it is, quote, cooperating fully with a police search of its offices. According to a spokesperson from France's financial prosecutor's office, the investigation is related to two probes into possible corruption, in part linked to the awarding of contracts. The committee is in its final stages of planning, with events set to begin next summer. The European Commission proposed adding 66 billion euros, or 72 billion dollars, to its seven-year budget, with 50 billion euros earmarked to support Ukraine until 2027. 15 billion euros will be used to tackle rising migration. The EU's executive arm is seeking to reduce its economic exposure to rivals. A related plan, unveiled on Tuesday, would increase funding for emerging technologies, such as artificial intelligence and renewable energy. America's Coast Guard said that as of 5.30 p.m. GMT on Tuesday, the Titan submersible has 40 hours of oxygen left. A remotely operated vessel is searching near its last known location. OceanGate Expeditions, the tour operator, confirmed that five people were on board, including its boss, Stockton Rush, Hamish Harding, a British billionaire, and Shahzada Dawood, a Pakistani businessman. Two men were convicted by a jury in Brooklyn on charges stemming from their harassment, as foreign agents of China's government, of a Chinese citizen in New Jersey. The defendants, one of whom is a private investigator from New Jersey, are the first to be tried in a series of prosecutions in America over China's efforts to pressure its citizens to repatriate. Carlos Ghosn, a former chairman of Nissan, filed a $1 billion lawsuit against the Japanese car giant. The claim, which was filed in May to Lebanon's public prosecutors, accuses Nissan of, quote, fabricating charges against Mr. Ghosn. The tycoon was arrested in Japan in 2018 on charges of financial misconduct, which he denied. He later fled to Lebanon, hidden in a box on a private jet. Estonia's parliament approved legislation that would legalize same-sex marriage by 2024, making it the first ex-Soviet state to do so. The country first allowed civil partnerships in 2014. The far-right opposition had fiercely resisted the new legislation, saying it was against the traditional family model. Kaya Kallas, the prime minister, called it a, quote, historic decision that would allow Estonians to, quote, love freely. And figure of the day, 8%, the proportion by which bilateral aid to sub-Saharan Africa fell in real terms in 2022. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Hunter Biden gets a deal. This week, Hunter Biden the American president's famously troubled son, will appear in federal court in Delaware. On Tuesday, Mr. Biden reached a deal with prosecutors. He will plead guilty to two misdemeanors over his failure to pay more than $200,000 in taxes between 2017 and 2018, 
and serve a two-year probation for allegedly lying about his drug use on a background check form when purchasing a gun. He will probably not serve prison time. Donald Trump, who faces his own federal indictment, likened Mr. Biden's punishment to a, quote, traffic ticket. Prosecutors, he complained, had underhandedly, quote, cleared everything up. Indeed, many Republicans have accused Hunter and Joe Biden of evading charges for corruption, alleging that they took bribes from foreigners in exchange for policy concessions. Republicans have failed to substantiate those claims, though they are still trying. Instead, their probe has revealed how Hunter Biden capitalized on his father's name. That may be unseemly, but it is not illegal. The Cost of Rebuilding Ukraine Russia's war against Ukraine has devastated infrastructure, industry, and housing. The World Bank estimates the cost of repairing the damage to be at least $411 billion. On Wednesday, a two-day conference in London will begin to discuss how to raise that money and how to spend it. Delegates include diplomats from Ukraine and its allies, as well as big donors, multilateral financial institutions, businesses, and civil society groups. Ukraine wants the West to use frozen Russian funds to pay for reconstruction. Some in the room will be worried about corruption when massive donations are made. One question is how much more detail Ukraine's government can add to its previous plan, presented last July. Ukraine wants to, quote, build back better, raising infrastructure standards in line with the EU. But exactly where it rebuilds depends on how much territory it can reclaim from Russia. Meanwhile, more damage, including the ecologically disastrous destruction of the Kahovka Dam, continues to mount. Modi's International Yoga Day Narendra Modi will mark International Yoga Day on Wednesday by leading a mass session at the UN headquarters in New York. The annual celebration is a UN initiative that was launched at the Indian Prime Minister's urging in 2015, the year after he came to power. Critics of Mr. Modi's Hindu nationalist agenda have treated his yoga evangelism with suspicion, given the practice's Hindu origins. Om, a yoga chant, is considered a sacred sound in Hindu scripture. The sun salutation, a common set of yoga poses, is associated with Hindu prayer. Mothers note that yoga's popularity in the West, which Yoga Day is intended to reinforce, is positive and culturally inclusive. Mr. Modi, who urges practicing yoga daily, appears to have been mainly motivated to underline the activities association with India. It is one of the many examples of the Prime Minister's flair for branding and marketing, of his country and himself. Britain's Stubborn Inflation Troubles Figures due on Wednesday will probably show that Britain's annual rate of consumer price inflation fell again in May, from April's 8.7%. But on Thursday, the Bank of England will all but certainly raise its benchmark interest rate, currently 4.5%, for the 13th consecutive meeting. 
Inflation in Britain is not only the highest in the G7, but looking worryingly persistent. The core measure, excluding food, energy, alcohol, and tobacco, rose unexpectedly in April. In a still tight labor market, wage growth has picked up. Fretful markets have priced in higher rates. Two-year gilt yields are above the peak that followed last autumn's catastrophic mini-budget, and this week briefly topped 5%. Mortgage holders whose fixed-rate deals are ending face eye-watering increases. The average two-year rate now exceeds 6%, reports MoneyFacts, a data provider, against 2.59% in June 2021. The central bank seems baffled, having been too optimistic about inflation. It is commissioning an external review of its forecasting. Its 2% target seems far off. Where are Glastonbury's female headliners? Too few showers mean many revelers at the Glastonbury Festival, which is Britain's largest and begins on Wednesday, will be stale, pale, and male. But they do not expect the same of the acts. Emily Evis, the organizer, aspires to fill half of the lineup with female artists. She also consciously books acts from a range of genres and ethnic backgrounds. But when it comes to picking headliners, she says that is difficult. The star acts this year, Arctic Monkeys, Elton John, and Guns N' Roses, are all white men who are veterans of the music business. The industry has a, quote, pipeline problem, Miss Evis argues, with too few female-fronted acts getting the investment or radio airplay needed to become headliners. Others argue that Lizzo, a black female pop star who will perform before Guns N' Roses, could have had their slot. But the problem goes beyond Glastonbury. According to Sky News, across 104 British festivals this summer, only a fifth of headline acts are fronted by women. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Wednesday. Which Thomas Hardy novel features the characters Diggory Venn and Thomasine Yeobright? Tuesday. Which famous comedian and film star died at the age of 100 in 2003? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Niccolo Machiavelli, who died on this day in 1527. Politics have no relation to morals. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.